0: Well, amen and good morning. It is a joy to be back with you, even though I must admit when I read the bulletin and saw Paul was speaking this morning, I got excited. I said, well, good. I will be able to hear some good preaching. And, uh, <laughs> and then I found out, no, you're still up. And I said, well, I hear him all the time. And so, uh, no, but it is a joy to be with you and, uh, an honor to come and to, share god's word with you i know the lord laid a message on my heart so uh i was wondering how that was going to pan out if somebody else was speaking and i figured we could probably do tag team y'all don't mind that would you where one to get up for about an hour then the other get up for about an hour i never get an amen on that <laughs> but uh uh, it's been, uh, I think I was thinking back and I said, you know, it's been two times where, um, the Lord did not lay a message on my heart. Yet I knew I was to speak that, that week. And both of those times, uh, we got snowed out and I didn't expect that this morning, but, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I did not have to speak that week. And that's just, uh, those are the two that I could, uh, Remember, So I know the Lord laid a, a message on my heart to bring to us today. And if you have your Bibles, would you turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. The title of my message this morning is to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Paul spoke on uh, this subject and I believe it's so fitting, so purposeful, uh, so needed today uh, as we speak about the glory of God and do we not realize that everything that we do everything that we're about everything we say it's all for his glory and uh, and so a fitting passage for us to look into this morning Paul says these words he says uh, whether then you eat or you drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God. And given no offense either to the Jews or Greeks or to the church of God. And just as I also please all men in all things. Not seeking my own prophet but the prophet of the many. Listen to this carefully. So that they may be saved. May God add his blessing on them in the reading of his word. Let me pray for us. Father God we just pray you would come in this, in this time. Lord speak through me. Uh, Again, it's not my desire to be heard today, but you be heard. So God, give us listening ears to hear. Give me the words to say, and we'll be quick to give you all the honor, praise, and glory you so richly deserve. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Here in this passage, Paul exhorts us to do all to the glory of God. And I think a fitting question would be, well, in the day and age we live, uh, how can we glorify God? How can we glorify God today? So if you're taking notes, I'm going to make it easy on you today. Oftentimes I like to use acrostic or those types of things. So if you would just write down glory, G-L-O-R-Y. And I'm going to use that to explain uh, this morning how we can glorify God. Well, first and foremost, I believe the G would stand for great Is our God. Great is our God. Do I get an amen? amen? And uh, see if you don't believe that, why do you want to glorify Him? The matter, the truth of the matter is, if you don't believe your God's great, you're not going to glorify Him. You're not going to praise him. You're not going to live for him. You're not going to honor him in the things that you do and say. But listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 86, 9. It says, all the nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you. Oh, Lord. And he says, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous deeds. And you alone are God. See, we serve a great God this morning we serve a phenomenal god an awesome god let me tell you a little bit about him first samuel says it in this way uh, in 1224. it says fear the lord serve him in truth with all of your heart and he says for consider what great things he has done for you has god done great things for you this morning oh isn't he a great god first corinthians 8 6 and he says yet for us there is one god the Father." From whom all things and from whom we exist. And it says, one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. All we serve a great God. Colossians 1.16, it says, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. It says, all things were created through him and for him. And it says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. We serve a great God. Amen? Amen. And John 1, 3, it says, All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. What a marvelous God we serve. Hebrews 1, 3. It says, He is the radiance of the glory of God. The exact imprint of His nature. And He uh, upholds the universe. And by His uh, the word of His power, after making the purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on, on, on high. Oh, our God is a great God. You see, our God is creator. He's sustainer. Uh, he's redeemer. He's Lord, He's eternal, He's Savior, He's healer and provider." Oh, he is the ever-present peace, a master, the most high. He's the Lord who saves our refuge and our shield. He is our fortress, our king, our deliverer, our banner. Oh, our God sanctifies. He's our light, our strength, and our friend. He is righteous, judge, and and he's the prince of peace. You see, he's the counselor. He's true. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. Can I tell you about my great God? You see, our great God, He is the great I am. He is the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's good. He's faithful. God is love. God is a great God. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, even a Baptist preacher get excited over that. Wow, what a God that we serve. What a great God that we, uh, we come together, that we worship here this day. You see, if you don't believe that, No, you're not getting excited. No, you're not going to worship Him. No, you're not going to glorify Him on this earth. But if you believe that and you learn more about that, you learn more about Him, oh, we serve a a great God. Also, we see in order to uh, glorify God, we need to be light. Light in uh matthew five sixteen, it says let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven we see here that that word where he says let your light shine uh realize christian that's not a choice that's a command of your lord and savior jesus christ we need to be letting our light shine you know oftentimes uh uh, we don 't live in uh, or, li- or go through circumstances that would uh, that we really want to shine for him, and day to day it becomes a grind, but we need to let our light shine. I thought of the story uh, back when uh, I was selling my home to go into full time ministry and we were selling our vehicles and everything and I remember I came home one day and uh, I noticed that there was a truck, an air conditioned refrigeration truck sitting uh, right in front of my house, and I thought that was rather odd, and I drove up with my truck. I had a, a van, and I own my own air conditioning refrigeration company, even though I worked for the school system and uh, taught my trade. That's what I was doing right before I surrendered to full-time ministry. I was a master electrician, did air conditioning refrigeration work as well, had my own company for 20-some years, and uh, uh, and so I thought that was puzzling. Well... I also noticed that my gate was open. So I went around the side of the house, walked through the gate where I'd normally just go on in the house. And sure enough, there was a fellow sitting right there, the biggest grin on his face, had a brand new unit installed on my house. And my old unit was sitting on its side in the lawn, on just laying up over like it was a piece of trash. And he said, sir, we've almost got you up and running. I said, sir, you're at the wrong house. You can see what bothered me uh is I knew about air conditioning refrigeration and I knew that fella just ruined my unit. And here I'm getting ready to try to sell my house. And and uh and then you can imagine the waves of glory that just flowed over me, right? <laughs> no, I was pretty mad. <laughs> and uh but I approached him and I realized I was angry and then uh I didn't say a word. And I, then I stopped. I said, no, Lord help me. I said, uh, I said, uh, fella, you're at the wrong house. This, I I did not, I said, I own my own company. I would have put my own unit in, my friend. He turned white as a sheet and ran out my gate. Uh, He ran up to the, his truck, got in there, looked at his paperwork, thumbed through it, came back, uh, looked like he was terrified. He said, I don't know how this happened. I'm supposed to be two houses down. And I said, he said, what do you want me to do? And, and I took everything I had to tell him, to just get off my property. Cause I could have legally and, uh, he would have had to leave. I said, you know what, friend? I said, I'm a Christian. And I said, I want to act like a Christian through this circumstance because this has upset me. I'm getting ready to sell my house. I, I told him a little bit of my story and I said, I'm getting ready to go into full time ministry. And, um, and I said, I nah, I can almost guarantee the cell of my home is going to come down to this air conditioner. I said, uh, "What do you think we can do?" He said, "I don't know. let me call my owner. Come to find out the owner was a Christian. And he said, "Well, we want to honor whatever's right in this situation too." And I said, "Well, I don't want to put you guys out. I tell you what, if you can put my unit back on, yeah, the one laying on the ground on the side in the yard, if you can put that back up and then uh, at the cell of my home, guarantee that that unit's okay." Uh, I said, we'll, well, I'll let you put the unit back on. He said, okay, okay. He was all excited because it probably would have cost his job. But he came back, put that thing on there, installed it, and said, we're we're good to go. Well, you'll never guess. Uh, months later, uh, the seller of my home came down to the realtor and said, okay, here's the deal. We're going to give you exactly what you're asking for, which is unheard of. And they said, but you got two major problems. Your roof is shot. Also, your air conditioner shot. And I tell you what, if we're going to take care of the roof, if you can replace that air conditioner, or catch this, or have a mechanic come out, put his hand on it, and say, this unit's okay. Well, that's exactly what happened. That company stood behind their word, came and put their hand on that unit, said this unit's okay. As a matter of fact, that uh suction line valve's leaking a little bit, we're gonna fix that. Normally a four hundred dollar fix. We guarantee this unit's all right though, and I sold my house. You see, the, the deal with the selling of the house was number one, I had to get I had to get out from underneath that payment so I could go on to seminary. But number two, I needed that money. I wasn't using it for me, I needed to put myself through school. And so I asked God, Father, make as much money as you want on this deal. Do you know what he did? He sold that house in, a, in 40 days in a frozen market that had been frozen for two years. And that's God. But see, God was working way ahead of me. See, God is working way ahead of you. In, in every circumstance, situation, trial, trouble, tribulation in life, God is at work. My question is, are you allowing yourself to be a light? Don't let the devil get you down. Don't let him cause you to be angry over circumstances. God may be using this for his glory and for his purposes. And you gotta shine for him, church. You gotta let him just, let him uh, use you through this circumstance. Give him the glory. Let your light shine that others may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Also, I see there as we look at glory, the O would stand for one voice. Boy, this is an important word for the church today. One voice. And uh, Romans 15, 6 speaks to this. It says, uh, uh, So that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God you see it's so important for us to to have a unified voice in Christ you might say yeah but we don't agree well let me ask you a simple question for those of us who say we don't agree have you ever agreed with anybody I mean come on let's just be (laughs) let's just be practical and honest sometimes we can't see eye to eye with anybody but can you see eye to eye with God you see God says my children look you need to have one voice just think about it. If all the religious agencies and denominations, which guess what, are still growing today and we still see church splits and divisions and things like this happening today, what would happen if the all of the true Christians says we're uniting with one voice under Jesus Christ? Oh, I, here's what I, here's what I do know. If we all started living for Him hundred percent, we could, call, we could, uh, cure, uh, or, or, or eradicate poverty overnight. It'd be gone. Uh, world peace could become uh, a predominant, uh, theme. You might say, yeah, but everybody's not a Christian. Well, I want to tell you something. If we would have one voice and, uh, and you say, well, we can't do that because we disagree. We disagree on doctrine or we disagree on that. Well, God knew that we would disagree, but I don't know about you. There's still one word, one Bible. There's not a bunch of them. You see, what divides us is not the Word of God or what He said. It's our application of it. And then trying to justify sin and trying to get away with stuff where God was pretty plain on what He said and what He mandated, what He charged us and told us to be about and do. The reason we have problems and divisions is because of sin. It's not because of God. Quit blaming our junk on God. And let's get together, church. And let's uh, let's focus with one mind and one accord. Now, what could God do with all of you? and this fellowship with you were in one mind and one accord oh god could do great and mighty things you know i used to uh when i was a pastor i used to i think i've told you this this story i may or may not have y'all can stop me if i have and uh did i tell the story about uh our church going into a global ministry y'all remember that story Uh, we were a little teeny church up in the mountains and I used to preach this. What could God do with a church that was in one mind and one accord? I I said, you know, just like the Bible says, I I think I'm going to hold God to his word. I believe he can add to their number daily. You know, I was part of a move of God where God did exactly that for 10 solid years. We saw people come to Christ out of a little country church in the mountains for 10 solid years. Every day we saw somebody come to faith in Jesus Christ. All over the world, we ended up reaching 176 countries with the gospel. We averaged—oh, uh, it was different—I uh, guarantee every week, but at least uh, we probably averaged uh, in the hundreds those that were being saved. So over 22,000 professions of faith in 10 years. Little—what con- can God do with a church that's in one mind and one accord? I say put God to the test on that church, and, and continued to come. Uh, together continue to you, unite continue to have that one voice well and then i believe the r and glory would stand for rejoicing uh praising and worshiping listen to first chronicles 16 it says ascribe to the lord oh families of nations ascribe to the lord the glory and strength ascribe to the lord the glory that is due his name he says, "Bring offerings and come before Him. Worship the Lord in, spl- in the splendor of His holiness." You see, that's the reason we collect an offering—is because of how great our God is and, and the glory that He deserves. We we come to; it's a part of our worship. That's the reason we take up the collection during the worship. We collect the offering. You know, oftentimes, we put our tithe in there, but we don't we don't collect the tithe. We collect the offering. <laughs> you notice that it says that in the bulletin. Why, a tithe is required, a tenth of all that you make and give. I used to have a deacon in my, my church when I was a pastor that tithe off of the fruit from his garden. And um, I kind of knew what he had every year because I'd get a tenth of it. If the potatoes were in, I got a tenth of the potatoes. The eggs, I got a tenth of the eggs. My wife didn't like it because the little eggs had still little feathers on them. You know, I love them eggs. Boy, they were good. And uh, and I said, these are fresh, hun. They just dropped the other day, <laughs> and you can't get much fresher than that. I don't know what I'm getting out of that grocery store. And um, and if he had a he had a, a cow that he uh, butchered or something like that, we get a tenth. of he, He believed that. Now this was a fellow that didn't tithe ten percent. He probably tithe fifty, sixty percent uh everything that he made. His son told me when we we did his funeral, he was lived up to almost a hundred years old. And uh when we did his funeral, he said, I didn't realize, but daddy was it probably gave away everything he ever had. And uh and I said, Well, here's here's what I do know. He's a blessed man. You see, you can't take it with you, folks. Uh have y'all figured that out? Uh, the only thing you're going to be able to take with you is what you gave away. Does that make sense? Uh, Trust me, you'll figure that one out. And uh, But yet, is God blessing us because we're so blessable or is that we need to be a blessing to to others? You see, we live like kings and queens here uh, in, in America, but yet we need to be rejoicing. We need to be praising. We need to be worshiping. It says, O families of nations, ascribe to the Lord the glory that's due His strength. The glory that's uh, due His name. Oh boy, we just read some of the names of God, didn't we? And, And the glory that He so richly deserves. That's the reason we come here and we celebrate that on Sundays, don't we? To worship Him, to praise Him. Well, why isn't the whole community in here? You know, if the whole community started showing up, you wouldn't have enough places for them, would you? You'd probably have to build 10 more churches. You might say, our community ain't that big. Yeah, it is. You'd be shocked. How many people live around here? You know, I don't know about you. I think everyone, if you inhale air today, he deserves glory. You know, he could have taxed the air. I'm just glad God wasn't a politician. Amen. He'd figure out some way to tax everything. But <laughs> so God didn't do that. He said, breathe in, breathe out. The sun shines. On the evil and the good. he You know, he blesses everyone. And and you're being blessed uh, today. And, and sometimes because of circumstance, we don't realize that. When you awake in the morning, you awake with a praise on your heart. And, and, and lift it unto him and thank him, worship him. He's that God. Not just once a week for an hour, but every single day. And then I guarantee you're going to want to gather with your friends once a week. To come and to, to honor and glorify him Samuel, Second Samuel 22, it says, For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Well, it's been co- quite obvious uh, through this series, but uh, as we've used that across the glories, that great is the God, and, and light, and one voice, and rejoicing. But also the why, I believe the why would stand for you. You are to glorify God in your body. As we turn our attention back to the passage here, and Paul spoke in Corinthians, you know, he spoke to this end. But Paul spoke much earlier, if you turn a few pages over in 1 Corinthians 6, listen to what he said. It says, for you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Paul was trying to set this stage for them to understand these simple facts about an almighty, holy, awesome, and wonderful God. See, if you look at uh, there in 1 Corinthians 6 and, and, and verse 20, he makes that very clear. But what is he talking about? And, and if you back up into this text, uh, he's talking about that there really is, he's talking about life. Look at verse 12. He says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful to me, but not uh, uh, all will be mastered at any time. It says, Food for the stomach, uh, is good for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet, your body is not for immortality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. Do you realize you were created to please and honor and glorify God? And not just for a lifetime, but for an eternity. That was your purpose. That was for the very reason for your being. But when we look in the world, what are we doing? we we realize that most of what we do is it glorifies us we make life all about us and if we're not happy nobody's happy but wait a minute that doesn't align with the word of god well how can i do all of these things how can i make sure that i'm doing all of these things well you only can do all of these things through jesus see if you're trying to glorify god and honor him and 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 uh and be the light, and, and be one voice, and worship Him, I'm telling you one thing, you'll, you'll never do it unless you're saved. But see, if you are saved, uh, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do how many things through Him who strengthens me? All. all. There's nothing you can't do if Jesus is living in and through your life. See, only with the help of Jesus can I do all to glorify God. But this morning, if you're not saved, listen to this carefully. If you do not know him, Paul spoke to that in Romans 3, 23. He says, for all have sinned and fall short of the what? The glory. The glory. Did that passage ever make sense to you? Well, I hope it makes a little more sense today as we've talked about the glory of God. See, that's what we fall short to. Not our misgiving deeds or our sins but the glory of God. Well, you say, well, Chuck, we'll never measure up to that. Amen? That's the reason Jesus sent His only begotten Son to measure up for us, to give His life, that we might have life eternal. Have you given your heart to Him? If you have, He's changed your heart. If He's changed your heart, you're going to want to do right by Him. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes or we blow it from time to time, but we ask for forgiveness and we get back on that track and we serve Him, we honor Him, we glorify Him. Are you doing all to glorify him. Why is this so important as I wrap this message up? Well, let's go back to our text where we began uh, this morning. And let's end with that. Look at 1 Corinthians 10. Look right there at verse 31. And he's he's reflecting on this thought. And I encourage you to go back and really read all of chapter 10. But uh, he goes on further. And he starts speaking about a life... That is full of glory. And and he, and he starts talking about what's going to happen when that's happening in your life. He says, give no one offense either of Jews or Greeks or to the church of God. So he kind of outlines for you. It doesn't matter what culture, where you're coming from. Don't give any of them offense. Don't have anything that stands between you. He says, just as I also please all men in all things. Why did Paul do that? Why did Paul even say at another place that I become all things to all people? Paul had a missionary strategy, didn't he? He had a missional heartbeat and mindset. And what was always on his heart? What was on Jesus' heart? Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the lost. See, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're right in step with that too. Everything that you're doing in your job, your work, your school, your friends, your your church, everything you're doing is aligning with his, his purposes. I hope it is because that's what's bringing him great and greater glory. He says, not seeking my own prophet. See, it wasn't about Paul and Paul's glory. No, it was about God and God's glory. He says, but the prophet of many so that they may be saved. You see what he was after? He was after more fruit, wasn't he? He was after to see more people come into the kingdom. More people get, get saved. Is that your heartbeat today? Well, we already know John spoke about that because he quoted the words of Jesus in John 15, 8. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. We know that brings him glory. And, uh, but yet we see, are we aligning our lives in such a way? Well, only you know that. Only you know. So our invitation this morning, uh, begins as a two-fold invitation. Number one, do you know Him? The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. And you know people that need a Savior. You know people that are lost. If they were to pass away today, they'd spend an eternity separated from Him. Well, that's where we step in. Are you doing all for His glory? See, Paul did, because he knew that that would be the very agent, the very way in which he could lead others to faith in Christ. And do you see the way Paul was doing it? Boy, what a strong word for us today. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you and we glorify you. We make much of you today. for it's all about you. But God, maybe there's one here today that doesn't know you. Maybe there's one here in this room, dear Jesus, that has uncertainty. God, I pray they would make that certain during this invitation. That they wouldn't walk out of here. And even if they don't feel comfortable walking the aisle, they would walk and talk to uh, one of these dear souls they know is a a believer in this church. And I know there's many. And Lord God, I pray you would help them to connect with somebody that would help them uh, in a deciphering relationship. And help them to walk with you. And Lord, maybe there's many of us that have neglected this to glorify you. And God, we just want to take this time of invitation to make much of you during it. So God, we're going to open up this altar and maybe there's some that want to come forward or want to glorify you in their seat or however they feel comfortable. Lord God, would you accept our praise during just time of invitation? Lord, we just want to bless you. We want to honor you. We want to thank you. We're grateful, God. And we love you and we praise you. So Lord, just use this time. Use it for your glory, for the advancement of your kingdom, for your purposes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, our hymn of invitation is hymn number 290, and the words will be on the screen. It says, uh, I am thine, O Lord. Would you stand and sing? And as the Lord leads, I invite you to come. I'll be up front to receive.